the past. Looking behind is a story that has already been told. Looking behind are decisions that have already been made. Looking behind are things that cannot be changed and only learned from. No wonder Paul would write in Galatians 4 and say, but now that you have known God, now that, or rather he said, are known of God, how can you turn again until the weak and useless and beggarly elements of this world? Do you really desire to be in bondage again? Do you really desire to go backwards to your past experiences? No wonder Paul would write and say, I forget Paul, you, 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 Paul, brother Paul, not the Paul. Apostle Paul. He quoted this today in my class. Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind me and I'm pressing forward towards the prize of the mark of the high calling that's in Jesus Christ our Lord. I got a simple message today. Don't you look back. Don't you turn around. Your best days, your best days, your experience that you're looking for, it's ahead of you, not behind you. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you give up now. Somebody say good news. See, the good news is this. You can be on his side. Did, did anybody, when you were a kid, got picked and you knew your team was going to lose? You knew. You looked around. I've been some church, some church picnics where we picked, and I looked around at me, and I said, well... We'll make the better, best we can of this. Anybody ever been on the wrong side? Anybody ever made a decision? You're like, man, I never should have done that. That put me on the wrong, thank you, Brother George, for being honest, put me on the wrong side of everything. Put me on the wrong side of my relationships. Put me on the wrong side of my circumstances. Put me on the wrong side of victory and success in my life. But Jesus told us you can be on his side. In Luke 9, 59, here's what he said. He said, if you'll become, this is amplified, if you'll become my disciple... And that means side with my party. Now, that's not a celebration. That's a group. He said, if you'll side with my folks, if you'll get in my camp and accompany me, I want everybody here to know God wants you on his side. Did you hear me? I said, God wants you on his side. He doesn't want you on the side of this world. He doesn't want you on the side of the destroyer of your soul. He wants you on his side. There's victory on his side. There's healing on his side. There's answers on his side. There's deliverance on his side. Who wouldn't want to be on his side? Look at somebody say, I'm on his side. I'm going on his side. But here's the thing. Jesus, can you imagine? Jesus says, Hey, I want you on my side. Be on my side. And one guy says, well, I've got plans. i got plans i got to take care of first. I, I need to go bury my father. Now, that seems like, you know, Jesus ought to let him bury his father. But, but if you read further, the, ampli the Amplified further defines this. And he said, I, I need to go and await the death of my father. I, I've got plans. I've got circumstances in my life. Everybody say plans. I've got plans. I've got things in flight. I've got things that are already moving, and, and, and I know, God, I, I know your side's the best side, but, but I got my 
plans. And then another one, he said, hey, why don't you follow me? And, and that man said, uh, be your disciple and side with your party. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like a great plan. But first, let me go say goodbye to those at my home. That also sounds like a, a noble request. But, but this man allowed people. People to get in the way of his forward motion. Jesus was coaxing these people forward. Do you follow me? He was trying to pull them down the path. One said, I got plans. It sounds good. I want to do it. But my plans got to be taken care of first. The other said, I've got people. I've got people that I need to attend to. And once I get all my people things straightened out, all my people problems straightened out, once I get all my plans straightened out, then yes, I'm going to serve the Lord. Let me tell you what happens to people who let plans and people get in their way of forward motion spiritually in their life they never go forward did you hear me? They never go forward. Why? Because there's always going to be a plan and there's always going to be people and there are always going to be things that are going to get in your way. Something has got to change. You've got to have a moment where you decide, you know what? There is nothing in this world that is worth my forward spiritual motion. There's nothing worth Jesus in this world to give in place for him. Jesus said, no man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, wait a minute. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand what Jesus is saying. That word fit means well-placed or appropriate or suitable. Jesus was not trying to say, hey, you, if you look back, you're not even fit for the kingdom of God anymore. That's probably how some of you read that when I read that text. That somehow, and see, if, that's the, if that is the truth, folks... If that's how God really thinks, then we're all in a mess of trouble. Because I'm looking at people, I know some of your stories. I know my story. And there's been times when my gaze has not been forward. Anybody else? Come on, somebody come along with me right now. There's been times where my gaze wasn't forward. And I look back to things in the past and I got hung up with things behind me. If that means I'm no longer eligible, then, then I need to shut up right now and somebody else needs to get up here and preach. But if it means something different, Jesus was not saying you're no longer eligible. He's saying you're no longer efficient. Because the kingdom is always moving forward. And you are a mess waiting to happen when you're looking backward in a vehicle that's moving forward. Come on, where's my parents at? Did you teach your kids when they went to driving school? Hey, keep your eyes on the road. This thing is moving forward. You can't be looking to the side. You can't be looking behind you. The vehicle's moving forward. Can I tell somebody right now? This kingdom is moving forward. And if you're going to fit in, if you're going to be suited, if you're going to flow with the power of God in your life, you're going to have to get your eyes off the things that are behind you and set your eyes on the the author and the finisher of your faith. Somebody say no looking back. Forward's the best route. Amen? It's also the toughest one. In the days of John the Baptist, Jesus said, until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. In other words, Jesus said the kingdom is forcefully advancing but at the same time being violently attacked as it moves forward. Because Satan will do whatever he can 
you listen to me, to destroy whatever level of faith in your life that he can, that you allow him to. He'll destroy whatever part of the walk of God that you have that he can. He'll, 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 he'll just absolutely destroy any belief in God that you can, any norm, any value, any truth. He'll attack any small part, any large part, anywhere where he can get a foot in the door. Jesus told us this. You don't have to guess it. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. So it's no wonder. It's no wonder that your faith can sometimes feel like a fight. Feel like it's a fight to put one foot in front of the other. To do right by you and your relationships and your walk with God. It can be a struggle. But no wonder there are times. I'm not blaming you. I'm joining you. There are times where it looks beneficial to look behind you. It looks easier to look behind you. It looks easier to turn around. But listen, this old wet dog preacher. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because the more Satan fights, the closer you are to where God is trying to take you the more opposition you face the closer the water is it's the right road but many times it's the toughest road that's why Peter would tell us be sober get serious look at somebody and say get serious man this be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil is walking around like a roaring lion and he's just looking for who he can devour. Everybody say can. He's got to have permission. He can't just snatch me out of God's hand. He's got to have permission. He can't just destroy my life. He's got to have permission. You think God gives him that permission? No. But I do. Every time I turn around. Every time. You see, it broadcasts the play to him. Every time I look back. Every time I, I turn around instead of go back instead of forward. It tells the devil a message. There's a possibility this guy will give up. But here's what he said. He said, don't be sober and vigilant. Your adversary, he wants to devour you. He'll devour anybody he can. How do you fight that? Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Resist him. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in all of the world. Peter said, don't turn around. You just stand. The Modern War Institute at West Point says there's only two or two of the major reasons why soldiers retreat in battle, listen to me, is number one, they lose faith in the overall mission. And number two, they lose confidence in their leaders. That any battlefield over any point of history, the common denominator in retreat was when they decide, they're not pulled from the line, they're not, it's not a tactical decision. When soldiers choose to retreat, it's because they're not sure that their leaders are, are, are know, know what they're doing, and they're no longer convinced that the mission that they're fighting for is worth fighting for. I think today we need to take a page from the life of Shammah. Shammah was one of David's mighty men. One of his generals, and, and 2 Samuel chronicles these great heroic men who stood in the face of great adversity and did great things. The Bible said that Shammah, he was, he was in a field, and Philistines had gathered together into a troop 
around this piece of ground full, listen to me, of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. The other soldiers, the people fighting, they all fled. But listen to verse 12. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord, everybody say the Lord, brought a great victory. He fought for a field of lentils. Do you know what lentils are? Beans. 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 I got to ask you, Shama, why in the world would you fight for a field of beans? Beans are cheap. Anybody ever checked the price of beans here lately? You can go to Walmart online right now. I checked before service. Five cents an ounce. Any kind of bean you want. It's amazing. They're all priced the same thing. Kidney beans, dark beans, light beans, northern beans, navy beans. Any kind of bean you want. You can get a can of them for five cents an ounce. Anybody ever heard the expression, it's not worth a hill of beans? You young people don't know, but the old folks, they know that one. It's not worth a hill of beans because beans are cheap. Beans are worthless. Why? What would, what would move a man to stand in the middle of a field of worthlessness and nothing? And while everybody else seems to have the good sense to turn around and run away, this guy purposely stations himself in the middle of this seemingly worthless field and says, no, I'm standing right here. Could I submit to your thinking today that it wasn't about the beans. It was about the territory that was lost. And he realized that if I give up this field, there's another field they're going to try to take from me. If I don't stand right here, there's going to be another place that I'm going to have to give in. Because retreat always lends to retreat. Has anybody ever figured that out? That the more you look backward, the more you go backward, the easier it is to go backward. I wonder if somebody would hear this wet dog preacher today and tell you there is hope ahead that if you'll station yourself if you stand in the middle of your struggle there's a victory I said there's a victory that God has for you somebody say no looking back others left they said this is just a hill of beans I'm getting out of here he stood in said I'm not going to give in because I don't know what else he's coming for Here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't lose faith in this mission. Don't lose faith in this message. Listen to me. It is the, it is the agenda of Satan to get you focused on the beans. Did you hear what I said? It wasn't the beans he was fighting for. It was the territory. And there's a lot of folks that have left this fight because they were focused on the peripherals. They were focused on people. And Alan, you were hitting on this morning. They were focused on words and things that did not matter. And there's been plenty of people that have literally given up faith because of the beans. Not realizing that they were giving up territory. Not realizing they were giving up land to the enemy in their life. Not realizing that the bigger picture is the salvation of their soul. Let me just tell you something. You can't talk me out of this thing. You can't, you can't be mean to me and force me out of this thing. I've come too far and that water is I wonder if there's somebody that realizes how close to the water that you are. You've come too far to turn around now. Don't you let somebody get you focused on anything but the territory that you're fighting for. Don't lose faith in your mission. 
Don't let the tell the devil tell you this is not worth it. Don't let him tell you to get you focused on the beans. Don't let him get you focused on people and processes and leadership in the church and, and, and organization. Don't let him get you focused on that. You realize this is territory that was fought for. Did you hear me? Amen. I want you to, I want you just to, just to signify your whole self. Put your hand on your head right now. And I want you to say this to me. This is territory that was fought for. This is territory that, that a great battle was fought for. Come on, Jesus went to the garden, and he said, let this cup pass from me. And, but he said, nevertheless, thy will be done. And he, he went to Calvary, and he bled and died. He, he fought all of hell for that territory. Who are, who are you to stand and say this field isn't worth fighting for? My God, why don't you get up and say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Come on, I need somebody. Listen, faith is going to get up in you today. If you'll station yourself. He stood in the midst of the ground. He defended it and the Lord. Everybody see that progression? He stood, he defended, and the Lord. That's how you move forward. Now, if all you're doing is saying, look, I just can't carry this weight anymore. I've come to the end of my rope. I understand. I'd throw it down too. But you are living under the false supposition that you're walking this path alone. Because God is walking with you. Did you hear what this preacher said to you right now? I said, the Lord is walking with you. You are not by yourself. I feel it to tell you. You're not by yourself. God is right there with you. That's why he sent this preacher to come bounding down your path and saying, don't you turn around now. It's just around the bend. Keep on. I want you to punch it. Lightly, punch about two people next to you and say, keep on, keep on. If that was too hard, I'm sorry. Keep on. We're not left weaponless. Amen? Keep on. Keep on using the word of God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep on using the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the only offensive weapon in the arsenal, which is the word of God. You can fight with the word of God. You think about Jesus' epic battle in the wilderness. The Satan came again, doing what he does best, challenging his identity. If you be the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, anybody here ever heard hell whisper that to your ears? Do you? Are you really who you say you are? But every time Jesus came back, it is written, it is written, it is written. And every time devil, the devil came to fight him, he just fought him with the word of God. He busted out the Bible and said, Here's what's truth. You are a liar, and the word is truth. Keep on using the word. Keep on praying. I'm telling you, keep on praying. Your prayers are working. And there's the problem. I said, your prayers are working. Paul told the church at Thessalonica, he said, pray without ceasing. When you pray, it connects you to the mind and the power and the will of God. Let me say it one more time. I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you, your prayers are working. You keep on praying. 
You've got every reason to believe that things are going to work out through the power of prayer. In the Bible, prayer added years to a life. It rolled back the sea. It opened spiritual eyes to see God's armies. It opened bare wombs. And prayer called down fire from heaven and closed the heavens from rain. Prayer invoked God's glory to show up at church. It opened prison doors, healed the sick, raised the dead, opened up earthly resources for spiritual effort. People received the Holy Ghost because of prayer. Angels showed up because of prayer. No wonder Peter would say, for the eyes of the Lord, they're upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. And the face of God is against those that do evil. Keep on praying. And keep on worshiping. You just keep on worshiping. You know what I was thinking? I was watching some of these foolish people in the front of this church today. And here's what I figured out. There are some people, I have a front row seat to some folks. And there are some people, they weren't praising God because everything was great. They weren't praising God because everything was even well. They were praising God because there's times where, and we sing it, worship becomes a weapon in your hands. And I've heard all my life, and I believe it, it confuses the enemy to no end. When you ought to be giving in, you ought to be throwing in the towel. You ought to be just a sniveling heap somewhere in a fetal position in a corner. But yet here you are in the house of the Lord. Your hands are lifted up. Your feet are dancing and your mouth is professing the glory of God. Listen, if you're going to send a message, let's send the right one. I know things aren't right, but God's still good. I know things aren't well, but he's still worthy. I'm sending a message, Lord. I'm still in the middle of this field. I'm not turning around. There's no looking told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. This is a good fight. It's a righteous fight. It's a fight worth fighting for. There's no looking back. And let me close today by telling you the second reason why soldiers turn around because they don't have confidence in their leaders. Let me just let you in on a little secret. I'm not the head of this church. Y'all been paying the wrong person. I, I, I am not the leader of this church. I'm nowhere near the leader of this kingdom. We have a leader. Now, if you're disappointed in me, I understand that can be a daily occurrence in my house. I, I, I turn the wrong way all the time. I went the other day my wife said, why did you turn this way? And I wanted to have a good answer. I said, I don't know. I understand if people have disappointed you. Because that's what we do in our flawed human state. But you understand, when you get crossways with leaders in the church... Listen, that just tells me your eyes are way too low when you try to figure out who's in charge of everything. 
your eyes are way too low when you try to figure out who's calling the shots. Listen to me. Here's what I know. The Lord's in charge of this place. And the Lord's in charge of this kingdom. And here's the good news for you. If you're on his side, you're on the right side. Because here's what I've been preaching all my life. Here's what I've experienced all my life. He ain't never lost a battle. He ain't never made a bad decision. He's never led me wrong. Give me somebody right now to testify. He's never led me by myself. He's always came through. It wasn't always what I wanted, but it was right. I've got total confidence in my leader. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the righteous judge. Don't you turn around. Our leader's already won this thing. Did you hear me? I said he's already won. Could you please remember with me that the end of this has already been decided? Jesus said when a strong man's arm keeps his palace, his goods are in place and peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he takes from him all his armor wherein he trusted and he divides the spoils. The New Living Translation says, for when Satan, who is completely armed, guards his palace, it's safe until a stronger attacks him and overpowers him and strips him of his weapons and carries off his belongings. Do you understand who your leader is? He is the stronger man. And he can walk into the hell of your life and kick open the door and say, that doesn't belong to you, and that doesn't belong to you, and that he can pull everything that hell has tried to steal from you back within your reach and within your grasp. First John 4 and 4 says, you're of God, little children, and have overcame them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? No. Distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? Naked? his peril sword no nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us remember Jesus said this he said become my disciple and side with my party get on my side stand with me his side always wins you're always listen to me on the right side when you're on his side. You're on the right side of your marriage when you're on the side of Jesus. When you're on the side of Jesus, you're on the right side of your family. When you're on the side of Jesus, you're on the right side of your struggle. You're on the right side of your community. You're on the right side of healing. You're on the right side of the conflict when you're on the side of Jesus. I just wonder today, let me, let me say it like the old preachers did, who's on the Lord's side today? Who's decided, I'm not turning around. I know my load is heavy, but I heard a message today like a wet dog coming down my trail. There's water ahead. I'm not going to give up now. I'm too close. I'm too close. Come on. Is there anybody? Anybody? Come on. Here's the waters. Here's the waters. Here's the waters. Anybody want to come into the border waters today? Anybody want to come into promise today? Anybody want to walk into victory today? Anybody want to walk into deliverance? Come on. Why don't you step out of your seat? Let's rejoice around this altar today.
Come on, your direction's not backwards out of this sanctuary. It's forward to the altar. It's to a place of rejoicing. It's to a place and a decision of fighting for what belongs to you. Come on, let's worship him. Come on, just begin to praise him. But I'm singing all is well. Put your hands together. Anybody want to go forward? Anybody want to go forward? Don't you turn around. 